and just jump into his presence. You need strength, it's, he's got it. You need vision, he's got it. You need peace, he's got it. Every good thing, every good gift comes from above. And I don't know what you're going through in life. I don't get to see you when you leave these doors. I don't get to see you in your workplaces or, or anything like that. But I do know one thing. God never leaves you nor forsakes you. And his presence is always with you. And whatever it may be that you're going through, he wants to be there with you. He wants to help in every single situation. Earlier this week, I needed to find a specific piece of paper. And I was searching for it at 5 o'clock in the morning because I had to leave at 6 to get down to another city in time. And I just remember, I can't find this thing. I can't find this thing. And, then, and the Lord said, pray. I said, why? Because if you don't ask, then I can't move. There are legalities involved. I said, okay. Can you help me find this thing? And then this fort popped, checking the baby's cot. So then I walked up to the cot, looked around, and there was the form I needed. So I grabbed that form and drove off and made the thing on time. But you see, God, He knows. He knows everything you need. You might as well be serious. Philippians 3. Jenny, can you just keep playing? Because do you really realize how anointed you are, man? You really should wrap your head around that. Wrap your head around that. Because there's a call of God upon your life to do this. I'm called to preach and teach. I know that. You're called to do that. And so there are times, there are times I see you, you start to go for it. And then you kind of know when you go for it, plunge in deep. Just go for it. It was such a such a blessing to see to see how your the, the team flowed tonight. I looked and I thought, if she would go now, it would rise. And she went. And I looked at another, and she would go now, it will rise. And she went. I was like, yes, hearing from God. That's what we want to hear, have in this place. My goodness. Well, the rest of you guys can sit down if you want. Well, we love you heaps. Philippians 3, verse 8. While you're turning there, I would say this. We're, we're, we're a family, Right? And in a family, everybody is valued the same. Well, in a good family, everybody is loved the exact same. Whether you be good at sports or not good at sports or highly, you know, highly intelligent or not that intelligent or exceptionally good looking or whatever. <laughs> but we're all equally valued and loved in a family, correct? In an army. Here's, a, here's, here's something we, someone needs to wrap their mind around. Yes, in a family, we're all equally loved. 
But in the army of God, there is still rank. There is still authority. There's still those whom you submit to. It doesn't make you any less valuable. It doesn't lower your sense of self-worth. Your value does not change. You are exceptional. I look in the mirror and I think, man, I'm exceptional. You should do the same. Why is that? Because there's only one of you in the seven point something billion. Do you realize how exceptional you are? There's only you. There ain't no one else that can ever be like you. Oh, yeah. See, that's the way you got to be. And so who will forever, your sense of self-esteem doesn't come from being from your rank in the, in the army of God or what you do for God. Your sense of self-esteem comes from how much you know God. How much you know he loves you. That's why it says in Philippians 3, verse 8, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish. Other translation says count them as dung. Everything that we have, it's dung. That I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness, which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. And here's the thing. We've got to know God. This is the, my whole talk is going to be about this. We've got to get to know God. We've got to be close to Him. He's got to be closer than your closest friend. When you pray, it should, it should sound like you're talking to someone because you are talking to someone. Don't put on the ears. Don't put it on the Christian, Christianese talk and stuff. Talk to God. Be yourself to Him. When I go into pray in my, in my fellowship time, you know, it's not like, oh, Father, glorious art thou. And, you know, I don't switch to King James Version all of a sudden. It's like, Papa, what's up? It's me. I'm here. How you doing? <laughs> but that's the way you got to be with God. Because it, it, who you are is who you are. And if you're like this with 99.9% of the, of the personalities and the people that you know, and you get to God and all of a sudden it changes, this is just an act. So you got to be yourself. you got to be real. you got to get to know Him because after, it says after this, that I may know Him and the power. So the power comes after knowing Him. And so many people want the power of God. So many people want to have the, boom, you know, the miracles and the signs and stuff. But man, you got to get to know him first. You got to love him first. The two great commandments are this. The first one is to love God. It doesn't say serve him. Your serving will come out of your love 
the fruit of your life will come out of your love. So don't be distracted by the many voices that say this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. And what about them and what about them and, and what are they doing? And, and No. Love God. I told God this once. I said, man, that if you should decide in your awesome wisdom that no, no person will ever hear me speak. That no person that, that I would fade to obscurity, but as long as I'm okay with you and walking in the plan of God for my life, I can be happy. I don't give two cahoots without that's probably not the best speaking to. I really don't care. Give two cahoots just doesn't sound good, does it? But I don't. To stand before people? No. To be your God. And for Christians, for those who are called the family of God, the family of God, man, don't ever lose that. Hold on tight to that. Many voices will come and try to sway you. This and that and this and that. If it pulls you away with your walk, God, is it that important really? You know, you can get addicted to the presence of God. And just nothing else matters. And you'll be sitting watching TV going, oh, this is useless. On the laptop, oh, this. And you think, why am I so unsatisfied? I mean, I woke up once at 12 o'clock, totally dissatisfied. I was like, man, why am I so dissatisfied? And in my heart of hearts, you haven't prayed. Come on. That's where you get your peace. That's where you get your satisfaction. That's where we get our joy. That's where we get our love. That's where we get everything good. So that's right. Walk downstairs, started to pray, went to 5.30 in the morning. Man, your best times by far are with God. By far. You do it right. You should never have to go, oh, do I have to pray? Oh. Oh my goodness. Okay, let's get this over and done with. My, 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 my. That's the wrong way to look at it. Some people put a time limit on God. My time to talk to God is from here to here. Oops. That time is gone. Well, I guess I can't talk to God. And, and you slip into this like legalism. I give God one hour each day. Well, what happens if God wants one hour and five minutes? What happens if God just wants to go for 50 minutes? What are you going to do? When you talk to someone, do you put a timer on them? When I talk to my wife, which I love to do, I don't go, clock has started, the countdown is on, you've already lost a minute. You have 29 minutes left. I don't do that. Don't do that with God. Don't slip into legalism with your time with Him. Don't slip into legalism reading the Word. Reading the Word shouldn't be a chore for people. You get to know Him. At the end of days, people, whatever we do, all these accolades or whatever it may be, 
when we walk before him, the thing you want to hear is this. I know you. I know you. I read Matthew, and there's people walking up to him. In your name, we did this. We cast out demons, and we did many miracles and signs. And, and, and then the Lord goes, I never knew you. I never knew you. And that hits my heart. I think, man, you can be used by God and yet have no intimacy with him. Really. And I think I don't want to be that type of person. Given a choice, I just want to be someone who knows God. And I want to make that the highest priority in my life. And I don't, care, I don't care what the accolades are being. I know some people, they live to be called pastor. They live to be recognized. They live to stand in front of other people and, and preach and teach or whatever it may be. I don't. One thing I want in my life, that Jesus will look at me and say, that boy there, he knows me. That man there, he spends time with me. And that should be your heartbeat too. Because at the end of the day, that's all that's going to count. That's all that's going to count. That I may know him. Paul, that was his big desire. When you go back home, if you've got time, if you really want to, search the word. Search how many times Paul says that I might know him. He, he writes an awesome prayer in Ephesians. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, our God. Why? Why does he give the spirit of wisdom and revelation? It's a prayer that I pray all the time so that we can get to know God better. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Colossians 1. There are prayers in there. And they speak of someone who wants to get to know God. God is love. He loves you. He adores you. Your name is written on his forehand. He looks at it and goes, oh. The Bible says he's thinking about you right now. Can you imagine the ancient of days is thinking about you and their good thoughts, awesome thoughts, powerful thoughts. And here's the great thing. He, he, he loves you extravagantly. Extravagantly. Think of how much God loves you. I, I know some of you guys struggle with the fact that God loves you. Take that thought and multiply it by a billion. And you still ain't even close to how much God loves you. Never, never, ever forget that. Because perfect love casts out fear. Some people are fearful stepping out for God. But the more you realize that God loves you and cares for you and is extravagant 
and, and will always back you up. The more you realize that, the more you'll step out for him. And we've got to remember, we are a supernatural people. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in you. And for the people around you who don't know him, they, at some point in time, they should have felt something. They should have felt some, something of the love and the power of God. Simply because you were there. I was taught this in, in, in Ramus South Pacific, and it stuck in my heart. Said, I was taught for every single born-again or non-born-again person who is around you that you have contact with, they should have felt at some point the love of God through you to them. It comes with an intimacy. It comes with knowing God. My goodness, this is the word for tonight. Know God. But when you know God, there's a compassion that he has for people who don't know him. That compassion motivates you. It will cause you to step out into areas you never thought you'd step into. It will cause you to go to people you never thought you'd go to. And that love, because you know it, you know that love. And it's real to you because you know him. That love will compel you. That compassion will move you. And the person that you sit beside every day, they will feel something of the love of God. The person you sit by the tram, who passes by, they will have felt something of the love of God. Because you know God. You can only give what you got. And if you don't have that, but Pastor Matthew, I'm praying for more of the love of God. Why? It's already in you. The love of God is in you. When the Holy Spirit came, he brought everything of the characteristic of God. Everything, his peace, his love, his joy, whatever it may be of God, he brought it and put it in you. At this point in time, it's not, it's not give me more, it's let me express it. Let it flow forth. Just let the living waters flow. And then we'll see this nation changed. God is sending a, a wave of his spirit. But it's given unto the body of Christ. He will move greatly through the body. That's usually how it happens. The head sends some thoughts, sends out an impulse. I want to do this. And in the body, it starts to move. That's usually what happens. And I realized this in my life. There's, there's no problem with the head and the plan and the strategy and the power. Usually it's an unwillingness of the body to move. But that unwillingness will fade when you really get to know him. And so God's telling us tonight, 
Do you know me? I, I, I mean, I'm not saying we don't pray. We all pray and, and, and stuff like that. But man, do you know him? Do you really, really know him? When you pray, is it like you're talking to someone? Is it like you're just like, man, I'm talking to, to Alicia or to Tracy or to Dave. I listen to people pray. I shouldn't give these clips away. But I, I do. And sometimes I think, are you talking to someone? Or are you just rambling? And just going through the motions? Because I'll be honest, sometimes I catch myself and I think, I'm just going through the motions here. And I stop and I say, I am going to talk to my father. Because I really want to get to know him. Unction and utterance. Do you know God's supernatural? Expect the supernatural in your life. Expect the Holy Spirit to do something in your life. Expect the you know, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Laying on the hands and, and, and healing being ministered. Our God, He's still the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a generation that must rise in this nation. A generation that knows God and knows His Word and is willing to step out in faith. Once this nation was so mighty in the Lord, those times will come again. They will come again. God does not, He has not forgotten this nation. He has not forget, forgotten the heritage of this people. He has not forgotten the faithfulness. Just in David, he said, David, your kids, they will, they will it'll come through your line. And yet you look at what some of David's line did, you're thinking, my goodness. But God was still faithful to his word. And he never forgot his promise. And he's faithful to this country. He does not change. But it, it comes from a generation that knows God, that knows Him, that knows Him. You, you can know someone, and you can really know someone. And I want to be one of the ones who really knows Him. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Wow. See, when you get to know God, the, he, he trusts you. His power will flow through you. Resurrection power. Power that raises dead people and brings them to life. Power is re resurrection. Read, you, read, you read that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. Speaks of the resurrection power of God. So this generation must rise that knows the Lord and knows the word. And because they know God, they know him. The power is released.
You'll do well too, Lish. Amen. Amen. What's the time? 8.30? You still got time? All right. I'm just sharing from my heart. In, in that secret place, in that place of intimacy, when you really get to know him, man, man it, it's talking, you're talking to a friend. You can, be a friend of, you can be a friend of God. And he'll talk to you and show you things. And you get to know things. Because friends, they get to know things. If you're just a servant, you only get to know what you get to do. That's it. Because you're a servant. But if you're a friend. And so I hear some people talk and they focus purely on the servanthood. But man, you, you, when you really get to know God, Can you be a friend with God? I mean, he's the Lord God Almighty. He's Jehovah. Yes. That's his desire. You look at the garden. Adam and Eve, they just walked with God. There was a guy who walked so close to God, Enoch. Papa looked at him and goes, man, I love you so much. Come on up. Like, wow, a man. And the Bible says he walked with God. A man can be so close and know God so much and be so intimate and be such a friend of God that Papa looks at him and goes, come on up, man. And because of the fall, we lose this pers- we've lost this perspective. The fall blinds, the fall clouds. And, and we've got to renew our minds because if we don't, we're going to drift automatically towards carnality, which results in legalism and religion. But when you renew your mind, when you read the Bible and you see, man, Jesus, you are the living representation of an invisible God. And if you ever have a problem of knowing what God is like, read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's a guy in there called Jesus. He's it. He's it. And you see people just hanging around with him and being friends with him. And so you think, man, you can be friends with Jesus. You can be friends with Father God because he's the living representation of an invisible God. And one of the reasons why he came down to earth was so that people would really get to see what God really is like. And then you look at Jesus' life and you see there were some people were close, and there were some people were really close, and then there was John, who was really, really close. Really close. And he realized, man, I can be just like John. I went to, um, 
I went to Mission America, was it two years ago? We had this guy from Raymond Ellsbury called Raphael, and he had this saying that, that, that kind of grated on you if you didn't know where he was coming from, because he would say, hello, I'm Raphael. I'm the friend of God. And he would say in such a way that made it sound like he was it. <laughs> and the first time you heard it, you're like, but then he would smile, you'd think, oh, yeah, okay. But I love that attitude he had. I love the fact that he just said, I am the friend of God. And man, the man was cocky about it and confident, and that's faith. And after the second time, I realized, I like that. I really like that. The man is bold. The man knows what he believes. And he's going to declare forth, I'm the friend of God. And should that not be said about us? For if this nation is to ever change and to come back, there must be a generation that knows him. That really, really knows him. Put away the facade of religion. Put away that, 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 that mask that we put on sometimes. Authenticity. 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 Should you put up a mask, it will stop there. But you put down all your barriers and all that stuff. That's why sometimes God says stuff like, Says stuff like, you know, you're valued, you're worthy. What's your self esteem? Why? Because that can hinder you and your walk with God. That can hinder, stop you from getting to know Him. I'm worthless. Oh, woe is me. I, don't, I, don't, I know I got, I got born again and stuff, but I'm just a worthless worm. No, you're not. You are a child of God. And, I'll, and I've said this more than a couple of times the past couple of weeks. But if you were the only one in the world, the only one who sinned and fell, he would still look at you and smile and say, I will die for you. And that's where you get your sense of self-worth and self-esteem. I want to know him. I would say this to your, your, your private life of prayer and worship should far outweigh your public life of prayer and worship. Far outweigh it. If the only time you lift up your hands and raise your voice and sing unto the Lord is when you come to church, That's not good. It's true. What are you laughing for? <laughs> it's the truth. The only time you pray is when you come to prayer groups. My, my. I shared this in family devotions, but if I were to only talk to Fina, my beloved wife, who's who in my eyes is the most beautiful woman in the whole wide world. But if I were to only talk to her 
when other people are around. We're sitting in a room by ourselves. We don't talk. Other people come to the room. All of a sudden I go, oh, babe, how's it going? They leave the room. Stop. Other people come into the room. Oh, honey, oh, you're so awesome. I love spending time with you. And then they leave and stop. Then she might get the impression that the only reason why I'm talking to her is because other people are around. And so when our worship and our prayer, our private must outweigh our public, because if our public outweighs our private, you might give the impression to God you're only doing it because other people are around. And not because you really want to know him. But if you're someone who just sits looks up or you might look down or sideways but if you <laughs> but if you're someone who sits and just is authentic and real and talks to God and that time with him far outweighs your pri- your public time then God will look at you and go that person they really want to get to know me. Because when there's no one else around, there's no one to see in their private place, they really love to talk to me. And really, when you do prayer right, it's never a burden, it's never a chore, it's just you just stepping in and bang. There's such a sweetness. There's a sweetness to the presence of God. There's a joy when you step into that place. And you don't say things like, oh, do we have to pray? You don't have to pray. You are allowed the privilege to pray. It's a privilege to talk to the ancient of days who was there before there was any creation. It's a privilege to be allowed into his presence, the one who knows the end from the beginning. It's a privilege to talk to the Lord Most High, the one who speaks, and it is. The one who's thinking far, is far, far, far more intelligent than yours, and yet he bothers to sit there and go, oh, nice idea. Yeah, sounds good. Have you ever presented your idea to God? He says, hey, Dad, this is my idea. What do you think? And then God just lets you do it, and later on you go, wasn't that a great idea, was it? No, but I love you, so just go for it. It'll work out, don't worry. It's not the way I would have done it, but hey, go for it. When you really get to know God, your life will change. The praise and the adulation of man, it will fade away. And your focus becomes loving him and doing what he wants you to do. But that comes from really knowing God. 
I don't know about you, but I really want to get to know God more and more and more. That I may know Him. That I may know Him. Every day, I want to know Him more. Every day. Next year, I should know Him better. The year after that, you should know him better. And the year after that, you should know him better. And know you're going to grow and grow. And to be honest, you're going to look back and go, I can't believe I thought that. That's okay. You're growing. I'm still growing. But don't ever stop. That's why I love reading this book. I can read the same scripture. I was reading a scripture and bang, God showed me something totally different. It's like, wow, that's really good. You didn't know that, did you? No, no, no. Well, there's a lot you don't know, son. Stick with me and I can show you more. You realize how, do you know how much is in this book? That's why I love reading the word. God shows me something new. I realize there's a lot I don't know. Keeps me humble. But God gives grace to the humble. Amen.